Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. We're at one of the most iconic racing circuits in North America. This place has a rich history that goes way back into the 1930s, racing on the public roads around here. And the current circuit was put together after a couple of nasty accidents, and it's changed very little down through the years. Watkins Glen International has pretty much seen it all. Triumph and tragedy in equal measure. And it provides one of the most challenging three and a half miles or thereabouts of racing tarmac anywhere in the world. This weekend, it's IMSA and the top category is our WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. That's the headline event for a race that also has a bit of history behind it. The Sealand's Six Hours of the Glen. You can trace this one back a few years and all the big names have been here and all the different eras of sports cars have been here. This afternoon and this weekend, we start a brand new era of IMSA, sport cars, IMSA sports cars with the top category GTP LMDH cars. And for the first time, We'll see them out on the circuit for their free practice one, which is next, live and exclusive here on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Fast Friday concludes with the first free practice session of IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Hello, everybody. Welcome along to RS2, the home of IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane to set the scene for us for the first visit of uh, the new top category here in IMSA, the GTP cars. Hello. Hello. uh, It's it's nice right now. It's not yet raining, which is good. I've heard a prediction from one of our pit lane officials. The rain will start falling in about 17 minutes. So we'll have to see if she's correct on that. Approximately. uh, Well, no, exactly. And she she made a bet on it. And she's really hoping that she wins that bet because she wins a mirror, I think is what she said. So slightly strange, but that's okay. Um, All the way down at the pit in end of things, this is unusual. Normally when we come to Watkins Glen, the area of pit boxes beyond the break from which the cars come from the garages there might be one maybe two cars but no since we have 57 machines in the race this weekend Heinz 57 as you rightly say that means that every pit box that could be occupied 
is occupied. And all but one right now have cars in them as far as teams being present. NTE with their Lamborghini still not yet out on the pit lane, but I really wanted to have a chat with Rob Ferriel because he is the third driver in that car named just a couple of days ago. And we welcome Rob back to this championship. Instead of driving a Porsche, which we've seen him in a lot before, he's now going to be in a Lamborghini. Thank you, Shit. Uh, very tight on the pit lane and a lot of people at 30 degree angles saw this at Le Mans a couple of weekends ago cars generally are getting bigger and the top category of cars are getting much longer uh, in fact there was a change of rules required for Le Mans to allow the cars to come in at an angle and then be moved around on the dolly jacks green flag as you can probably hear in the background the engines are fired and straight away we have cars taking off. Oh, brilliant sight down towards pit out and everybody having to go through the exit with which has the Michelin tyres RFID chips. That is collecting all the data from each of the four tyres so it will know the reference number of the tyres, how many laps the tyres have done, which car it's supposed to be on and that will be cross-checked to which car it is on. And all of that data is being back to Michelin and to IMSA. One or two people a little more interested in getting to the front of the field than others. The uh, JDC Porsche just going out there. They're only their second time out. Porsche, uh, not a successful Le Mans, I think it's fair to say. And particularly for the works cars... It was horrid. And they'll want to bounce back here, albeit a different group. Oh, big spin for the BMW 24 coming out of the inner loop. On the outlap, called tyres. Philippe Eng, and he's flat-spotted that set of Michelins. Big sideways slide for maybe 20, 30 yards. And that is a really, really costly mistake early on for Philip Eng. He's got it refired, and he's watching everybody go by. But that is going to be. Well, he'll, I'm going to say this: he'll be very lucky if he hasn't flat spotted a brand new set of Michelins there. And you do not have infinite amount of tyres here. Good afternoon, Jeremy Short. Good to have your company again in the Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, you do not need to lose a brand new set of tyres before you've even got started here. No. Uh, the, the good news is for this weekend, they do have more tyres, relatively speaking, than they've had for the first few races of the season. So it wouldn't be quite as costly as it might otherwise uh, have been. They have, uh, for, for the event allocation, is uh, uh, 10, set, uh, excuse me, yeah, 10 sets of tyres for GTP of which uh, for qualifying in the race they have seven. I was actually talking this morning uh, with uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Duguid, who, who is the, he manages the Penske Motorsports team, uh, and he said, you know, it's not nearly... The, 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 the teams most likely will only have to double stint tyres once during ah. this race, which is a big difference. Twice uh, nine for RLL. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, just be, it'll mean oh. they use less, they'll have less tyres to use for them in uh, practice. He in just practice. lit up the rear wheels coming yeah, out of weird. the inner loop there. 
There is a little crown on the road there as you transition out of the inner loop to yeah. the outer loop. So out from turn, uh, sort of, well, it, it doesn't have a number, actually. It's turn, all turn four, isn't it, really? It's, it's all it's just inner loop. Yeah. Uh, but it, just as you come into the ball that becomes turn five, the outer loop, yeah, maybe first, just got a bit light there. First time here for Philip Eng and, and for Augusta Farfas, with whom we were sharing that uh, BMW. But uh, they, they were tested. They did test here uh, a few weeks ago, so that you know they've got some experience around here. Love the track, as does everybody. Who tests course, it for the first time. We've got I think uh, five or six uh, drivers making their WorldTech Championship debut here this weekend. Will we come, we come back to those? Yes, we can. Yep. Uh, one of uh, uh, one of whom uh, is no, actually, Sebby's been here before, but has he been here in WeatherTech? Share Adam Seb Prio. No, he hasn't. Uh, he's he's been one here, of them. Yeah, he's been here for Carrera Cup, and he gave us one of the greatest battles that we've seen. Uh, I was reminded of that a few minutes ago by Tom Moore. You and Kai Vambrello, door to door. How much are you hoping to replicate that for the win here this weekend? Yeah, I mean, hopefully it stays dry, but I don't mind the wet as well. Um, but yeah, I'd like to get a win this time rather than finish in second. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was great racing and I've learned a lot from that. And uh, yeah, can't wait to do my first six hours here. Back with AO Racing again. They had a very good showing at Le Mans, became global fan favorites. So what's it like for you to tell people now, hey, I raced the dinosaur car? Yeah, I mean, AO have done a great job with this car. I mean, Rexy's become like massive, so I, I'm loving driving it and... I mean, all the kids at home love it, and it's just a great, a great place to be, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. This environment, it feels like it's only grown and grown with the experience that PJ's been getting across the year. Have you seen a change in his driving too? For sure, he's, you know, he's more experienced every time we get out, and he's, he's a really good, really quick driver. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning in, uh, I'm teaching him, sorry, and he's learning, and uh, yeah, he's doing a great job. So I'm um, really proud of him, really. Well, hey, good luck this weekend. In every race we've had so far in GTD, a different Porsche has been the best finishing one. It's AO's turn. Yeah, it's our turn. We deserve a podium now. <laughs> Sebastian Priel, one of those drivers, Jeremy, that you were about to mention. Um, no, but, actually. No, uh, I was talking about series debut. Oh, so, okay, uh, right. It might be his first time here in one of these cars, but yeah. no, he's raced here before in the uh, in the Carrera Cup, so he knows his way uh, uh, around here, certainly. So there are people in this championship who have never been to Watkins Glen before in anything. Uh, and haven't raced in the IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship in, in anything wow. either. Okay. Uh, of, of those, of that small group, uh, in the number 88 AF Corsa LMP2 car, uh, Lilu Wadu making oh, her of debut in North America, 22-year-old. She's a very impressive uh, young lady who's been part of the she she, she was the uh, young driver for Toyota I think wasn't she in the uh, WEC she, she did the uh, test yeah. It, yeah the test at the end of last year uh, in LMP3 Alex Kirby from uh, California is going to be making his debut in car number 38 for Performance Tech Motorsports that's a late entry in number 54 MLT Motorsports this year also in LMP3 both Jason Rabe who has raced uh, here before in the uh, Pilot Challenge series and Andrew Pinkerton from Birmingham, Alabama. Monticello, New York is Jason Rabe, so local race for him. Uh, he and Andrew Pinkerton joining Stephen McAleer, who's got plenty of experience in that MLT Motorsports Leisure here this weekend. So they're both making their uh, championship debut. Uh, and then uh, the other driver, uh, first time in this championship, will be Luke Berkeley, uh, who's driving number 42 NTE Sport Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Luke also is racing this weekend in Lamborghini Super Trofeo. He's a 19-year-old from Davie, Florida, but this will be his maiden start in the 
IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Also in GT3, or GTD, excuse me, number 78, uh, Lamborghini Huracan, the Forte Racing, powered by USA Astronics. Patrick Liddy, who also has plenty of experience in Lamborghini Super Trofeo and has raced here before, making his debut alongside Michel Goikberg and Loris Spinelli. Patrick Liddy is one of the Lamborghini young drivers yeah. uh, and stepping up here for the first time and very excited to do so. Can't wait to see what the what times these GTPs. What was the DPI lap record, Jeremy? Because I, I, I'm going to keep a close eye on that. Track has been a little bit wet today, but not really damp. Uh, track temperature 29 Celsius, 22 in the air. That's 84 Fahrenheit on the track, 72 Fahrenheit in the air. Yeah, the lap record, uh, qualifying lap record, was set last year by Tom Blomquist in the Acura DPI. A 129.580. Fastest race lap yeah. was set back in 2019 by Olivier Pla. Oh, yeah. In the Mazda. At a 129.657, so only less than a tenth of a second slower. Last year's fastest race lap was a 130.790. That was by Philip Albuquerque, also in the, uh, in the Acura. So those are the times. So we're looking for something yeah. around about 90 seconds. Yeah. Now, these are brand new cars. They have not yet even raced for a, a full year. Some of them haven't been in existence for a full year. Sure. Um, and therefore, there's a lot of performance to come. Uh, new Michelin compound this weekend as well for the hypercars. Yeah, and it's the, the high temperature tyre, so it's a slightly uh, more durable tyre than they've used in the past. So that would, again, mitigate against super fast lap times here, perhaps. Um, and uh, yeah, some of, most of the teams, I think, have been here testing uh, one, in one shape, way, shape or form. Uh, so talking to Jonathan Duguid from uh, Porsche, they were here in May, mid-May. Some, some of the other teams, I forget now, were, were here earlier uh, in... Uh, in the summer as well, or spring as well. Early times coming in, Guido van der Garde in the TDS Racing number 35 leads from their teammate car, Mikkel Jensen, in 11. Uh, Guido holds a lap record for LMP2 here, two TDS cars. There was a change in TDS, record, yeah. uh, uh, wasn't there? Um, yeah, TDS, and there's a couple of driver changes we should go through, actually. Yeah, in that car, number 35 car, Francois Herriot, who's a regular bronze-rated driver, he had an injury to stayed at Le Mans, I think, didn't he? And was that in the test day that he went off? He's still recuperating from injury. So John Falb, who's, uh, who's done some races in this series in the past, he's been racing in Europe in the ELMS for the last uh, few years, so lots of experience in these sorts of cars. Uh, so he'll be he'll slot right in there. The other change is John Ferrano in a Tower Motorsports LMP2 car. He too recuperating from a, a, an injury sustained after a crash. That was, was at WeatherTech, wasn't yeah, it? I think it was. Yeah. Thought so he was going to be fit, but these things yeah. you can't take chances no, on, Jeremy. I, I, yeah, and particularly when you're you, you're, not, you're not the youngest guy out there, so you know, you. you, you recuperation tends to look, take a little bit longer so he's elected to uh, not drive this weekend I think he'll be back for the, the next race in a couple of weeks time at his home circuit at Canadian Time Motorsport Park north of the border so in his place is Sali Yolich from Turkey 
who again lots of experience in these cars he's uh, uh, yeah, he won the uh, Pro-Am Championship didn't he last year he's won Le Mans I think as well hasn't he in the LMP2 class so and all, and all GTE Am so uh, lots of experience there uh, and in these cars so first time here he's, he's competed in one race before in the Interweb Sports Car Championship to Daytona in 21 where he finished fourth but um, he's stepping into the number eight car alongside regular driver Kiffin Simpson and then Will Stevens is the third driver stepping in for this weekend this is his, uh, it's, well, it's his birthday next week actually Will Stevens Will who did such a good job for Hertz team Jota at Le Mans, they led the race on pace um, by far the quickest of the Porsches there wasn't their day, they didn't get to the end, but then again only one Porsche did and that was well, Was uh, that classified at the end? Because it didn't do the last lap within within, within I, I, the I, six I, minutes, they, they, they docked it four laps, which took it down from well, that, that was, that's the that's the penalty now, oh is it, oh, okay. since the Toyota uh, ah. yeah um, I thought you still had to do a minimum lap time of some sort it, to be classified. Six, it's uh, if you if you don't make six minutes, but you're inside. I've got a feeling it's ten minutes. Well, I don't you think could, you did that. It must be more. It did nine fifty-seven oh, was did its it really? last lap? Because oh, um, I only know that because I looked it up uh, on the uh, on the sheets. Right. Um, so it was docked four laps, which dropped it from eighth to sixteenth. Um, however, didn't make any changes in terms of the um, hypercar, yeah, yeah LMDH point yeah. scoring. Yeah. It was only P2s that it dropped it back into. Yeah, um, I, was, I was listening to you at the end of the race, and I, I was w- wondering whether the thing was even going to be classified at uh, all. Absolutely, absolutely right. Shea Adam has been set a task to go down to Team RLL, Rahal Lettman Lanigan. Um, not a great start to this weekend, sailing six hours of the Glen. We are almost 15 minutes in, and the sum total of their uh, running is a car that's flat spotted a tyre and another car that hasn't gone out yet, yeah. Well, they've both been out. I think the 25 has had lap times disallowed. It just came down the pit lane. They tightened the rear wheels by using an actual torque wrench uh, to make sure that they were on there nice and tight. And then Conor Filippi left again, but he has been out for quite some time because their box was quite vacant uh, when I was walking down the pit lane. But there is a BMW that's been having some strife. That's the number 95 Turner Motorsport BMW. Bill Oberlin started the session. He's still behind the wheel when i walked by car up on the air jacks very slowly turning the wheel left then right then all the way left then all the way right uh but the alarming thing were the towels that were in the engine bay and the fluid that was coming out so i believe they were adding power steering fluid and now bill oberlin has been set to task once again and this end of pit lane is blissfully empty thank you share share adam with trials and tribulations of the bmw kind listening to imsa radio part of the radio show limited network of channels on rs2 around the world we'll be on xm 202 on sunday for the race before that we've got sound and vision for qualifying whether you're here in the u.s or further afield it's all free for you and that will be on imsa.tv or via the video page at imsa radio and of course we've got all of the other sessions including a morning warm-up on sunday uh, if today is Frost Friday, Saturday was, is obviously Super Saturday, and then the final day of the weekend is Sealand Six Hour Sundays, and that will be spectacular.
um, six-hour spectacular for Sale and Sunday. Plenty of alliteration there. So just the main event on Sunday, which uh, starts at a very sensible time uh, in the morning of Sunday. Our green flag is 10.40, 20 minutes before 11. Uh, that is Eastern time. Our warm-up is uh, rather inhospitable, 8 o'clock in the morning. Not happy with that, if I'm honest. No. That one. Um, might leave shit to do that 56 one. 56 cars out on, on the track, run. so we're... Who have we not had? One. Who are we missing? Uh, NTE. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, nobody in their pit box as Shea was oh, mentioning. Mentioned yeah. um, I, I thought I'd seen the car come out, but it was in fact one of the uh, pace cars. So that car yet to be seen. Uh, what I'll ask Shea is does she know where they are supposed to be in the paddock? And maybe I can. She can talk to me in my ears. Maybe I can have a spin around and see where they are. There's Winwood. Um, I am looking. We'll be down this end, though. They do have a super trophy presence, so they might be splitting their paddock presence there. It's the 42 car that we're talking about. So I'm sort of scanning. The good news is that in the WeatherTech paddock, and this helps you massively if you're here on the grounds, all of the uh, trailers, all of the haulers, have a banner outside with the number on. Most of them do. Well, all right, most of them <laughs> do. Uh, that's a 44. Well, of course, I can't see the NTA one, even with my binoculars, so not sure where they are. We'll, we'll, we'll do a bit of digging for that. Or, or NTE, if you're listening, at IMSA Radio, please. Let us know why you're not in the uh, not in the pit lane. Sean Creech Motorsport back in the pit lane with the red, white, and blue stars and stripes. They've got a good presence here this weekend. Out on the track, the number 12 is the uh, Lexus. How much longer for this sort of Lexus? We don't know. The new car's been testing. Are we going to see it here next year? How close are they to getting that car over to the US? Unfinished business, it was described to me by a senior Lexus US executive. GT3, that was. Not considering as yet a GTP programme until they feel they've done what they need to do. The 12 is R&T, let's in GT Daytona. That's the pro version signified by the green wing mirrors, shade band on the windscreen and the number backgrounds, coming through turn six now been lots of news this week uh, Cadillac saying they'll definitely back, be back next year not sure that was in doubt to be honest but I suppose you can't take anything for granted nowadays, Corvette this morning showing off their new GT3 car and also a new name for Corvette uh, in GTD it is Corvette Racing with Pratt and Miller is that right? Pratt and Miller Motorsports was it? Pratt, right. Pratt, well it's not, at, not there's no and these days just Pratt Miller 
Uh, Pratt Miller. Pratt Miller Motorsport. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that will be a a semi works team, but presumably running in. They said that would be running in GTD, so that will be a set of pro drivers. Another couple of cars uh, due, we think, for GTD, but there's yet no word on who'll be running for them. Now we have got a car stuck on the circuit and it is the NTE car and so it has got out but it hasn't got round the lap now Jaden Conright I think I saw yes. his name yes, you did. next to that so he got out and it's not yet completed a lap he's taken the shortcut from turn the exit of turn 5 back through to turn 9 a very distinctive dark bluey purple and matte black and Jaden's coming straight into the pit lane and back to the pits which is right at pit in Jaden the recipient of the diversity award in its first year from IMSA enabling him to and he's straight behind the wall oh, oh indeed New delivery on that car we didn't see the car last time out at uh, what would have been J Jaden's home track at World Tech Raceway Lugo in the Seiko he's from Fremont, California so the Bay Area for Jaden he's been here this weekend coaching with the uh, NTE Sport Lamborghini Super Trofeo cars and uh, super excited about uh, returning to the team this weekend in that number 42 car different livery on it so not bright purple really distinctive car I'll be sharing with Luke Berkeley making his debut as we've heard about earlier on in the session, Rob Ferriol is the third driver in that number 42 Lamborghini. Just coming up to 11 o'clock in Europe, 10 o'clock in the UK on a Friday evening. If you are just joining us for this first free practice session of WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, thank you. At IMSA Radio, let us know what you're doing uh, and how you're consuming your weekend, what plans you have for Super Saturday and the six hours on Sunday, live in sound and vision for those of you outside the US. It is on USA Network this weekend. Hopefully, Lee Diffie has got his voice back. Struggling a bit last weekend at Road America for the IndyCar. Brian Till, part of the broadcast team as well for both the Michelin Pilot Challenge and the six hours of the Glen. But 01 Cadillac, the goal fronted car with Renga van der Zander behind the wheel. 136.8 last time around, and they're running that car pretty low. Now, this is the car that was crashed at Spa. They did a bit of a shuffle around. So, this chassis was the car that had the big crash in the WEC at Spa. That was meant to be. One of the backup cars for Le Mans. It was firing, it fired back to the US to be re-fettled into IMSA spec, which is just a little bit different, particularly with regard to the wiring looms that the series require for their performance monitoring. And so this car has been back in the States for a little while. They didn't feel it would be enough time to turn around the Le Mans car. That's not what I... My understanding is that this is a Le Mans car. Oh, so and it was air freighted back 
and, and prepped here at the track to get it back into IMSA spec. Okay, that's exactly the opposite to what they told us was happening at Le Mans. Ah, okay. Well, that, that was, I'm pretty sure that was the uh, information I got this week from we will uh, Dave Lewandowski, who's. Uh, well, Dave will be efficient. listening to this, so um, that's exactly the opposite of what we were told was happening when we were at Le Mans by Renger and the, uh, the rest of the team. Uh, for those of you in the US, Calvin Fish and Townsend Bell will also be on the broadcast. Uh, if you are out and about, you can take us with you on Sunday, XM202. And, of course, uh, if you aren't equipped in that respect, you can always just link on to RS2 IMSA Radio. No blocks, no breaks. Uh, so if you can't sit down and give six hours of your time on Sunday to the broadcast... If you're in the UK, you can watch and listen on Viaplay Extra. That will be on Sunday evening. That is the free-to-air version of Viaplay. It's the new name for Premier Sports on the Sky platform in the UK and on Now TV. And so if you're, again, that means you can record it on your planet and watch it at your leisure. Watching the wheel and engineering Cadillac there, the red-fronted car. Uh, and uh, this is it's the, the team's regular IMSA chassis. They, they did run a new car at Le Mans Correct. in the, as, uh, and the uh, wheel engineering banner. But this is the car, uh, the team's regular IMSA chassis. This car it, did not make the it, trip to France. It left France slightly second-hand, didn't it? Because uh, they had a shunt early on when oh, Jack Aitken oh, was at the wheel. Right. Oh, they, yeah, came back there and did finish at least. Did, yeah, um, did it? Um, they got, but oh, they yes, they got did. back. They the went across the line together. Yeah. The shears yes, reminded yes, me. Yes, yes. Yeah, I wasn't on at the end. Um, so Colin Brown fastest then the uh, with twenty five minutes or so gone in this session. A couple of uh, lap times being invalidated here, particularly for car number one. Uh, on consecutive laps there, laps 9 and 10, laps invalidated, and on, on lap 11 did the same again. Now we're going to get a drive-through penalty ah. uh, for turn 8. That's the uh, the heel of the boot then. So, so Renge van der Zander uh, is... Oh, oh car 1, not zero one. So 1, that would be Brian Sellers oh, in, the, uh, in the Paul Miller racing BMW that is fastest in GTD, despite... Or perhaps because of those shortcuts or long cuts, I guess. Colin, Br Colin Brown was at Le Mans uh, with CrowdStrike APR, and he's not in his car at the moment, which means yeah, Adam can have a chat. I've actually got Alan Metney, John. Oh, uh, sorry. He's got quite a bit of experience from being on track so far this weekend. Alan, it's a four day weekend for you, and you get to drive Porsches every day. Does life get any better than that? It does not. This is like summer camp for me the best summer camp ever now you had the race earlier you've had qualifying today a lot of time on track what have you learned in the cup car that will help translate over to this gt3r you know a lot of it does translate from the cup car to to this car and um it's an easy transition to go from the cup car to this car because this one does everything the same only a little bit better so you can really lean into it and it makes you feel like a rock star Congratulations on getting your first WeatherTech win. It only took, what, three, four starts, uh, five starts, I think it was, before you got that victory. How good does it feel to now know that your name is among some pretty cool legends? Uh, it felt great. It was, a, it was an awesome weekend, and uh, everything kind of went our way. 
We both drove really well. The team did a great job. The car was great, and it was uh, wonderful. How do you feel about rain? I like the rain, and I think the rain favors us. So we're doing a little rain dance, hoping that it comes our way. Well, it's starting to rain right now, so hey, enjoy your laps out there. I will. I will. Thank you. Very simple way to get rain. I've told everybody here in the U.S. this before, and they don't believe me. You get six bits of wood, put them 22 yards apart, give two people a white coat, and somebody else, a couple of people go out with bats, and it will rain. It will rain. Second test match starts on Wednesday at and, Lord's. And, and for our domestic audience, John Hunter, we're talking about cricket, uh, which is... Uh, Actually, there is some cricket played in this part of the world, but it's not, it's the, not exactly a... Yeah. The stick and ball sport. The stick and ball sport, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Hello um, to uh, uh, Keir Fishers, who's watching Trackside from the inside of Turn 1 with IMSA Radio piped into my hearing protection. Fantastic to see the cars on track. Feels like an endurance race already. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. With 57 cars out, our dancing ants, TM Brian Tilt, our tracker... There's barely a spare piece of circuit out there, but that's great. That means that traffic is... I I could almost say that our Porsche keys to the race in our Michelin Countdown to Green will write itself because the first one's going to be traffic. Yeah. Yeah. This is is the equals the largest field ever for this race, hasn't it? They've had more cars in the forerunner of the... uh, uh, Mission Pilot Challenge here before in the past, but for the for the sort of major league sports car racing here, 57 cars. I think it was 1984. Was uh, that record was set? Wow! Uh, wow! At 57 cars, and it's, it's been it's been a while. Talk about a golden age of sports car yeah. racing. Then well, this is it. Yeah. This is the golden age of sports car racing. Hearing from Gradient, they've got a misfire, and they're trying to isolate it and get it sorted. Just a there's another, but while, while you're on that yeah. gradient uh, uh, thought, carry on with something else. Because you forgot well, before no, you. No, I didn't. I was, but it was. It's not gradient anymore. So I was going to say okay, something else. Fine. Uh, just, <laughs> my, I'll do a quick thank you to Roger Vincent and Richie Barzilli, who'll be producing uh, the pictures, directing the pictures. Our replay team affectionately known still as the tape egg so have already done some great work this weekend and KDA Keith D'Alessandro will be doing the full six hours producing on Sunday for the main race we are 30 minutes into a one hour session uh, no hour and a half uh, sorry hour 30, uh, yeah. 30 minutes into an hour and a half session so an hour to go into the pit lane for the 57 Winwood car that is the car I was actually going to talk about yeah uh, right big, the, the Winwood racing Mercedes uh, Phil Ellis has been the regular co-driver along with uh, Russell Ward in, in, in this car for the last uh, a couple of years. But uh, Phil, uh, not available this weekend. Some family commitments in Europe, apparently. So one of the uh, Mercedes factory drivers, Raffaele Marcello, is filling in. Yeah, pretty, com- pretty yeah. prominent. Filling that's, in. That's a, that's a super sub. Yeah. That is a super sub right there. Uh, not, uh, not absolutely no disrespect uh, meant to Phil Ellis, he's no. fantastic. But uh, when you can call on the service of, of, of Raffaele Marcello, two things there. Number one, people want to come and race here uh, yeah. in the States and particularly here at Watkins Glen. Number two, that just shows you how well thought of the guys at Gradient 
are within Mercedes AMG yeah. because for them to say hey look we'll sort you out we've got somebody he's not racing this weekend uh, it's not long be- it's it's only a week before the CrowdStrike uh, 24 hours of Spa and all of those top GT3 drivers will be involved in that that is next weekend and how many cars are entered for that? a million yeah every GT3 car in the world plus two are in that it's, I, I think it's 76 73 or 76 wow. um, in various different categories but all GT3 cars uh, and we'll have a full preview of that with Bruce Jones on next Wednesday's Midweek Motorsport we did our show this week live from the broadcast booth here at Watkins Glen that was fun because we managed to corral a few drivers got Hinch on the line before his MX-5 debut and uh, Aaron Johnson, his teammate leading the championship and still leading the championship popped across from the infield as well and because came and said hello. went on to win the race well clearly, yeah. uh, all down to us yeah, Not, nothing to do with his innate skill um, Hitch had a good run this morning up to 6th position, avoided the big shunt and yeah. uh, got his way through sitting solidly in the top 10 before that happened at 10 more of that tomorrow, of course, free and without interruption uh, on IMSA.tv. It is starting to get a little bit heavier now. Yeah. Uh, the windscreen wipers are on on a number of the cars. Not sure what it's doing to the lap times. Yeah, We've got a no, best of 133. It's slowing them down considerably. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, considerably. Just before the rain came, Garrett Grist went fastest in LMP. Three, that's the Junior 3 racing car number 30. He's had a 141.139, which is about a tenth of a second quicker than the uh, number 74 Ligier. Oh. I think it was Felipe uh, Fraga who said at the time, yes, it was. Uh, Rasmus Lind, third quickest in LMP3 in the n- number 85 JDC Miller Motorsports entry. I can hear rain falling on our effects yeah. mics now. That always tells you that it's starting yeah, to get heavier. And in the wheel and Cadillac, the rain, it, it always looks worse on the windscreen than it actually is. The windscreen white, we're doing a pretty good job, actually. It's shaped on the Cadillacs to go across the very curved windscreen. It has a little bit of an aero foil on them as well. I noticed the windward, uh, sorry, the WeatherTech AMG, that wiper that would have been in front of the passenger was actually lifting at quite moderate speeds and we've had a spin coming out of turn number nine and that is the bio haven car which is oh no more grip than the thought there (laughs) because it was trying to do a flick turn has gone backwards into the link and he wasn't able to spin the back end round now he's done it revit man revit and he has done. And that car pointing in the right direction again. Yeah, it's pretty slick out there at the moment. I suspect that because we haven't had any proper rain here for quite some time, it has been very, very dry here. Talking to our hosts uh, on the lake, saying it has been exceedingly dry. This is proper rain now and actually needs... It will not be long if it isn't already now 
where you'll need rain tyres. Oh, yeah, no, I think you need rain tyres now. Which is great because they don't come out of your allocation for the weekend. Yeah, and, and it's also good that yeah, at least we've got proper rain, not just sort of, you know, more Spitty, spotty. Spitty, spotty stuff. Yeah. You know, if it goes... Oh, there's the number 42 NTE Sport. Lamborghini back out again. Back out. Excellent. Jed Conright back out in the purple people eater. Yeah, new colours for that car this week. It's well, hang on, though. If we've got Rexy, is that not Barney? Say again? If, if we've got Rexy out there, is that is that not Barney? Yeah, or, or um, Swedish Chef. Was it Swedish Chef? <laughs> Uh, let's go down to Shea Adam before this, uh, before Jeremy and I disintegrate the whole programme. Uh, Shea, where have you, first of all, how heavy is it in the pit lane and who have you got to talk to? Uh, it's not that heavy, it's annoying. Um, it's to the point where if you put your hood on, you feel like that's overkill, but when you take your hood off, your hair starts to get wet. So it's kind of a not great balance of rain. But I've walked all the way down towards pit in once again because MLT Motorsports has a couple of newcomers to the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But Jason Rabe, I've done poll interviews with you before in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. So how different is it to now be in a new series and a P3 car? Yeah, the last time we talked, I think it was 2016, Paul at Road Atlanta, uh, and a Porsche came in in the SD class. So uh, thankful to have a bunch of my same partners and sponsors helping this whole program. Uh, it's been pretty cool jumping from formula cars to sports cars in the prototypes. So um, it's been a cool learning curve the last three years, honestly, uh, getting up to speed in these cars. And uh, no better co-driver than Stephen McAleer here. To, uh, to give me uh, pointers. My first test in an LMP3 car was at Palm Beach in a downpour, and uh, which I'm actually really thankful for, so that might help us out here a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Bellhaven Investments, Adept ID, uh, Not Lad Racing, Own Backup, all, all the guys that put this together. Uh, this was a dream come true since I was a little kid. Uh, it's kind of fitting that it's, uh, what do we got, a 57-car field since 1984 and I was born in 1984 um, so that kind of makes it well rounded so uh, looking forward to going after some uh, hardware yeah how did all this come together for you guys um, it was uh, sleepless nights for the past three months I would say uh, just trying to get budget together you know that's the hardest part in the sport as, as all the drivers know um, you know people have to believe in you and your talent and and people have to like you um, so that's a big part of it, and that's why I'm here standing talking with you right now. So it's pretty awesome. Okay, so what's the reward for the sponsors when you guys win this weekend? Uh, well, what we get, we're going to get duplicates of all the trophies, right? Because that's all we get is hardware. So uh, we're going to get a bunch of baby Borg Warner trophies, kind of kind of something like that, we're hoping. So uh, And maybe some die cast of the LMP3. That'd be pretty cool. Now, are you still based in Monticello? Are you still doing work out of there? Yeah, so I still private coach there. Uh, took a took a little break there to do a bunch of private coaching elsewhere, uh, all over the country, and then uh, back at Monticello Motor Club. Really thankful to be there. Uh, I get a lot of seat time there, which is cool. And GT fours, Porsche Cup cars, and um, you know that helps me a lot to stay sharp, stay in the car. Um, and again, you know what a great place to work and, and you know coach, and it's a dream job, honestly. So I, I feel like I'm not working there. So is it a slight advantage then, local knowledge of the weather and what it's going to do? Yeah, so we've had good success here at Watkins Glen. This is one of my favorite tracks. Um, just It's so historic. Uh, I've been, I used to sleep in my car here, uh, camping, watching the races. Uh, IndyCar, NASCAR, IMSA, you know, on the other side of the fence. So it's really cool to be here on the other side of the fence now. And um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, this is just uh, – I'm 
I can't believe I'm talking to you right now and about to get in the car, so pretty awesome. Congrats on your WeatherTech debut. That's Jason Rabe, IMSA perennial favorite, but it's been a couple of years. Drove past uh, Monticello, Monticello on the way up, the exit for it at least from New York City. Lovely part of the world. One of a growing number of uh, facilities like that around the around the country. Hardy spectators here have brought their umbrellas. They're still in the grandstands. Full rain now. This is wet conditions. And we will be transitioning onto the Michelin wet weather groove tyres. It's Jason Rabe's first start in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship uh, in, in the LMP3 class. But he does have experience in LMP3 cars because he's driven uh, he drove what, nine races in the Prototype Challenge Series over the last uh, few years, including with, the LM, with Dr. Mike's MLT Motorsports team. So uh, it's not, not his first time in these cars. And uh, it's, it's super, to hear, super interesting to hear how excited he is to make his World Tech debut here. It's been a long time coming for Jason. As he says, it's been around a while. And uh, what a great moment for him, particularly here at Watkins Glen. So inside the last 50 minutes of today's action on Fast Friday, it is the first free practice session of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Hello. Uh, hello to Safe Phil, who's just joined us, managed to get his time conversions wrong back in the UK just after 10 o'clock in the evening. Still got more than half the session uh, left, Phil. Nice to know that you've joined in on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited Network channels. And again, if you're in the UK, live coverage flag to flag with Viaplay Extra over the weekend. That is their free-to-air channel on the Sky platform. Or you can watch via imza.tv or the video page at radio, at imzaradio.com. No subscriptions, no ads, no interruptions. And you just get all of the action. And it's going to be great. I, I, have, I feel it in my bones. We had a great Le Mans. A sort of an old-fashioned Le Mans, wasn't it? Because you had the first part of the race where not everybody... In fact, I don't think anybody in the top class was driving flat out. They weren't sure where the cars would take it. So it was a bit more of an old-fashioned Le Mans where you were preserving the car through the night into the early morning and then last four or five hours looked a little bit more like a WEC race. Everybody opened the fast draw and saw what they had left. I think we're going to see that sort of six hours here on Sunday. If you're here in the US, then XM202 is the place to go if you're moving around. 48 minutes to go. No major changes. This will be data collection. Not sure how much wet weather running some of the GTPs have had, to be honest, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, good point. Um, certainly, and uh, I know when Johnson Duguid from Porsche was telling me they did a two-day test of that match. It might have been at uh, at Road America as well, which has got a new surface, of course, this year. Uh, and one one of the days at one of the tracks was wet. I don't know whether it was here or there, to be honest. Um, should have written that down because uh, otherwise I'm, I'm going to I'm going to forget, which I have done. Um, but uh, yeah, not not a lot of running for in the wet, but you know they. 
I know that the teams have done some testing here early on that, that have had some wet weather time in these cars and you know there's there's certainly a good possibility of there being some being rain for the remainder of the weekend so at least they've got a little bit of dry running in uh, during this session and now some wet running as well so it's been a very productive day I would say for the uh, for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship teams halfway through almost exactly the session Alex Quinn aboard the number 52 that he shares with now uh, three times across the line in first place at Le Mans Ben Keating two wins second and fourth on the other two of course Alex in fifth place at the moment top LMP2 number 11 of TDS Racing Aero Motorsport behind them then high class everyone else still getting up to speed I think we've seen all the cars now that we saw Jid now in the NTE and doing some meaningful laps Jeremy that, that is yeah. all 57 yeah, of the is. cars that's that's pretty impressive yeah that's ex- excellent news so uh, they uh, no one's going we're not going to see any any uh, blue sectors or purple sectors no. or anything like that for the remainder of the session but we've got a good you know, good taste of running in the dry and now they're going to have another 45 minutes we hope of wet weather running as well I don't think it's going to dry out in, in, before the end of the session even if it stops raining it's still not cold it, air temperature is 70 Fahrenheit track temperature 78 that in for the rest of the world is 21 Celsius in the air and 26 on the track 57 cars with hyper efficient wet tyres will give you a dry line fairly quickly I think Um, what what these guys could do with now and what they'll be praying for is that it does stop raining Jeremy because the top teams want to know where the crossover point is where you come off the wet tyres and go back onto the slicks very very good point because right now the cars are doing the, the GTP cars are running sort of 20 seconds off their uh, dry weather pace. 155 last time around for Jack Aitken in car number 31. Just looking down some the GTD cars doing 209, so you know 20 seconds or so off what they were running in in the dry. So it, it's full wet out there right now, and uh, not even close to that crossover point that you were referring to. Well, let's find out what it was like before it went to full wet because Eric Tealitz, you got a handful of laps and it was nice and dry out. How'd the track surface feel? Yeah, it felt great. Um, you know, smooth as it as it has been now here at Watkins Glen for a few years, super fast, uh, felt pretty gripped up. All that's out the window now, though. So we're out there on rain tires ripping up all the grip. It's going to be a green track tomorrow if it dries up or it might not. It's Watkins Glen. Who knows what we're going to get? Well, your last win in the series actually came here. So how good does it feel to come back to upstate New York and look at the calendar and be like, Ah, six hours at the Glen. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to be back here. This is uh, where I did get my last win in IMSA WeatherTech competition. Um, hoping to break that dry spell here this weekend. Uh, and if it's a little wet, we'll, we'll still break the dry spell. <laughs> you got the, the target of quiet of the mission. Uh, but as far as the Lexus is concerned, the RCF GT3, super fast here always. I mean, Kyle just got a pole, what was that, last year, two years ago, Kyle Kirkwood? So what's the expectation? Now that the door is open for everyone in qualifying, are you going to go out there and get another pole? 
Ah, well, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, six hours, it's, it is kind of a sprint race for us, so track position is important. Um, but not sure on the qualifying yet. We'll see We'll see what it brings tomorrow. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there in the race and whipping around in our RCF GT3. It's about that time of the year where we start to see and hear about new cars coming into programs. So we've all seen the pictures of the new RCF GT3. It looks awesome. What can you tell us about that car? Is it going to be your baby next year? Uh, I don't have a lot of answers on that. I know it looks amazing. I'm sure it's going to be very fast, really competitive GT3 car. Everyone at Lexus and TRD is really excited about it. Um, but don't have a ton of news on it yet. Uh, we're all excited. Drivers excited to see it as well and get a taste of it. Now, GTD means you have to have three drivers. So you welcome back Parker to the car. Parker, pretty good here in a cup car. How's he been adapting to the Lexus? Uh, he's awesome. He's so so good to have for us here at uh, at Vassar Sullivan. Um, been a great addition to the team this year. He's got two fifth place uh, finishes under his belt so far this year. We got to get him his first podium and his first win still. Good luck doing that this weekend. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, and uh, great, great interview there by uh, Shay Adam with Aaron Tillis, who's just a, he's such a great spokesman for racing in general, let alone Lexus and this championship. Uh, and as you, you say, he's looking forward to, to breaking his uh, victory drought here. Another guy who's looking to break his victory drought is Andy Lally, who's gone 57 races now since he scored his last win in this championship. And that win came right here at uh. Watkins Glen in 2017. So 57 race streak, which he hasn't won. And he would love to put that to rights here this weekend. And it's been, uh, once, once again this year, the, the Magnus Racing is only doing going to do, is concentrating on the Michelin Endurance Cup. But they did race last time out uh, at, at an event at WorldSet Raceway Laguna Seca. And actually, in fact, they tried to get an entry for Long Beach, uh, but it, they left it too late. They, ah. they, they missed, it, missed the deadline. So they couldn't do Long Beach, but they did do WorldSet Raceway Laguna Seca. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a good, once again, a good start to the season for uh, Andy Lally uh, and, uh, and uh, Spencer Mapelli and John Potter. They, they, they finished on the podium once again at the Rolex 24 at Daytona, as Andy always seems to do. He's won it yeah. what, five times. I think he's been, I think he's been on the well, he's second place out, five times as he's well. He's run out of limbs for the watchers. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. I knew that one. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, a good start. So you know, even with missing that race, uh, John Potter and Andy Lally are still twelfth in the points table, uh, heading into this uh, th- this event, which will be the fifth race of the champ of the overall championship in the. Michelin Endurance Cup, having had the two races already at Daytona and Sebring in the GTD ranks, Magnus Racing lines up fourth in, in points coming in. It's the harder racing team's number 27, Aston Martin, leads away on 25 points coming into this third out of four races. Team Courthoff Motorsports, Mercedes second on 22. Paul Miller racing the BMW with 19, tied with Magnus Racing in its Aston Martin on 19 as well. I think the rain is easy. It may not have stopped. Uh, she is down in the pit lane. We'll go back to her in a wee moment or two. Update on Gradient and the NSX. Suspected fuel rail issue was causing that misfire. They're working on that at the moment. Absolutely not the way you want to start the weekend. And I bet it worked fine when they were trying to warm it up earlier on today cars eh 
Yeah, I think you're right about drying up a little bit. Actually, last time around for Jack Aitken was a 150.7. That was five seconds quicker than he managed to, just uh, a couple or three laps ago. 52.7 there for Colin Brown in car number 60, which is the fastest car in this session so far. Before the rain came, he turned a 133.563 in a number 60 Meyershank Racing Acura ARX 06. In GTD, it, the fastest time remains the Paul Miller Racing BMW as Brian Sellers. We talked about that earlier on. The fastest time in GTD Pro before the rain came was the Recent competition, Ferrari, which making its way now onto pit lane. Uh, it was uh, definitely Regon is driving that car at the moment, and the, the time in that number 62 car in the dry was set by Daniel Serra. What a good-looking car that Ferrari is! Yeah. They've really nailed the styling of their two new sports cars: the 499P, the prototype, and the 296, sharing the same engine. Uh, architecture, although obviously the GT car is turbocharged, the prototype uh, is hybrid. Out on the circuit at the moment, the number six Porsche Penske Motorsport 963. That's the one with the white pinstripes across the top of the car and the white flash down the side. Its team car, the number five, has the black ones. Seven. Uh, seven, excuse me, has the black ones. There was a five at Le Mans. Yeah. Um, has the black ones. And the five at Le Mans had the black ones as well. Um, the black fin. Oops, they were to turn six. Car number 35, of course. Red flag. John Fowl, one of the two team TDS. Has John Fowl been here before? Probably not in the six hours. Not sure. So, scrambling the EMR safety team. And Shea Adam is down at the pit of that car. See if we can find out what's happened to John. There is a drying line already. Well, the good news is he's not in the barriers coming straight out the inner loop. No, John hasn't raced in a WeatherTech car here. Probably did in the prototype challenge. Oh, no, this is a destructive Oops. impact Ouch. for John, right front of the TDS Orica, has taken a thwack into the tyre stacks. That is that's going to be a bit of work. Uh, uh, wheel perhaps not pointing in the right direction on the right front. Bodywork damage as well. So much bodywork damage, it's hard to see, isn't it? Yeah. He was on wet tyres, as everyone, I'm sure, yeah. is at this point. At IMSA Radio, by the way, if you want to get in touch with us here at the track of Further Afield. Easing, not stopping, is uh, what I'm hearing from Shay and a number of people. John's out the car, and uh, he'll not be happy with himself with that. And he's already in the capable hands of our AMR safety team. He 
He is unplugged from the car and he's walking around, hands on hips. He's compass enough to have a look at the damage on the right front. Just looked like he was stretching out his uh, right leg there for a moment. Not sure if the team have had a radio contact with him, but I can tell you, well, I'll tell you that uh, we can see he's out of the car and he got out unaided as well. So I know, Shea, you're down there. Please pass that on to the team. So this is a red flag with 35 minutes to go. Oh, right, that is down at turn six, actually. Yeah, I thought it was going to be turn five again. So I think he's just gone straight on at turn six and hit the wall with the right front and then bounced back out again. That would be my guess. Uh, the hard-working Marshalls track uh, team and our AMR safety team are down there. So whilst that goes on, let's pick up a couple of interviews. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane with a legend in this paddock. And it's not always people who are behind the wheel, Shea, is it? We always say there's as much talent on the wall as there is behind the wheel. And we say that in the best possible way. Rick Mayer is with Shea now. And it's very much a nice opportunity to get to speak with Rick during this red flag. Receive competizioni, fan favorites perennially. Last year, you guys won the Michelin Endurance Cup. This year, a bit further out of the points, but still the second place in the Ferrari coming into the Glen. Only problem is this year, it's a new Ferrari. So how do you get ready for that? It's tough because we haven't tested here, but um, I think we have a pretty good handle on the car. We only had a few dry laps, but uh, it was a um, positive BOP change for us here. We're hoping that helps us. Um, I know Daniel's very fast here, and David was quicker last year, so we're hoping we can be competitive. Is it still the same group of crew, by and large, for the Reese family? Yeah, I'd say 80 or 90% for the most part, yeah. And um, like I said, we're, we're, we're looking to learn more from the 296 and, and be strong at Petit as well. How much does it help? You said you haven't tested here, but you've done 36 hours worth of racing so far this year. How much does that help with your uh, stats and what you've learned on the car? A little bit. This is quite different than Sebring and Daytona, so it makes it quite different. Um, we have a pretty good um, notebook from the 488, and a lot of that stuff kind of transfers over. Plus, David Day and Daniel do a lot of races in Europe with the 296, so I use them for a resource. How good are they? Because most drivers, you ask them when something's going on, and they kind of give you an indication, but it's not really technical. Are they better than normal? I'd say they're They're fantastic. And they have really good memories. They're really good about knowing what works and what doesn't work and what the magnitudes and stuff are. So they're really good that way. I mean, they want to go fast, so they know. Here for one reason only this weekend? Just to win. Love it. Good luck this week, Rick. Thank you, Shay. Just to win. So matter of fact, Rick Mayer, he's been around the block a few times. Good to hear his voice. And we'd love to see Reese back on a more regular basis here for the Michelin Endurance uh, rounds this year. Giuseppe Risi talking to Andrew Marriott in the pit lane at Petit Le Mans last year, saying I've spoken to the factory I have told them I would like a 499p to race at IMSA um, what was his exact words, there might be a bit of politics involved I think <laughs> uh, Giuseppe Shocking. said um, starting to rain a little bit heavier out on the circuit and in the pit lane, the delay now caused by the requirement to rebuild the tyre wall in front of the barrier down at turn six. I think, I've said this before, I think it bears repeating, pretty much everybody's second favourite team is Racy Competition. 
They are. They just go about their racing in a very particular way, and it's a way that most people kind of like. Uh, even up and down the pit lane, I've heard people say to me, "It's, it's good to have Reese in the pit lane, yeah. and, and we like competing against them. We like challenging ourselves against them. Get a good result against Reese in anything that they run, you know you're doing well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they have, they've been a benchmark for many, many years now. Uh, I can remember Giuseppe running cars in the British Formula One Championship back in the 70s. Uh, he's been around the sport for a long, long time and uh, run all sorts of different cars and all sorts of different series. And I tell you what, it would be cool to see uh, his Houston-based operation running a, a, a 499P over here as well. I hope they can make that happen somehow. There's talk of private cars from Ferrari, a lot of mixed messages. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, they're still probably uh, suffering from the post Le Mans hangover, so I don't <laughs> think there's any point in ringing up the competition department uh, at, uh, at Ferrari or the guys at EF Corsa who, who ran the cars. It's been a big month or so for Ferrari in terms of that endurance programme with the 296 winning at the Nürburgring Nordschleife for the first time ever uh, a Ferrari won and for the first time I think certainly since I've been going there that a non-German mark won and that was in the hands of Fricadelli uh, and Klaus Abelin's team and there was a lot of Ferrari F1 personnel engine personnel ECU personnel at that and see above comment really? at the Nürburgring oh yeah um, and see above comment for uh, Le Mans as well. Charles yeah. Leclerc was there for the whole race as, as watching. Um, he wasn't there necessarily as a Ferrari spokesman. Uh, he did hang out in the back of the garage at one stage towards the end of the race, but he'd been there for the whole race. Uh, Ferrari are on a big upswing at the moment. Although I did notice that the FIA have uh, decided that um, they don't like Ferrari playing in other championships with uh, high profile uh, they've issued a diktat uh, saying that uh, you can't employ uh, some of your F1 uh, staff on other projects to try and get around the ca cost cap which was interesting surely if it's the cost cap the cost cap and what they do in the other two days of the week that they're not working on F1 then what does it matter but Hey ho. Uh, let's go down to the, the FIM Formula One getting a bit paranoid. Yeah, how, how, how complicated can we make this? Yeah. <laughs> getting a bit worried that uh, sports car racing perhaps is doing too well. We haven't had that before at Le Mans, have we? Uh, Shea Adam is uh, patrolling the pit lane. Where have you got down to now, Shea? Uh, look for the brightest car on the pit lane. Right. And, of course, you would look out the window and see the one that's straight across from you. That's Volt Racing uh, with Wright Motorsports. Very good combination. And Trent Hinman, again, another driver who knows his way around here. Pole in GTD in 2019. Went on to win the race. It's a bit drier back then. But what's it like racing this place in a Porsche? It's um, quite a bit different from what... You know, the equipment that I was in, in in 2019. So a little bit of a learning curve there for sure. I have no idea what it's going to be like in the wet. So I'm kind of relying on Alan and Max to, to give me the, the lowdown on what to expect and what not to do and what to do and that sort of thing. So, um, no, just I, I love this event, right? Love the six hours of Watkins Glen. This team, obviously, phenomenal group. Um, and we're working through series of changes would have been nice to get a little more dry running but you know judging by what the forecast is saying for sunday this could be really good too so if anything 
I'm really, uh, really grateful to have this group around us because if anybody's going to be able to adapt up and down this pit lane, it's um, the guys on the 77 car here. Well, obviously, Max Root knows Wright Motorsports very well, having run with them at many different tracks, many different series. But you and Alan Brynjolfsson, you ran together in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge last year in a Porsche. I mean, yeah, different machinery, GT4 to GT3. But is there anything that carries over? I th- yeah, I mean, it's process, right? So, the, of course, the physical act of driving the car changes because they are so different. But at the end of the day, right, the way we communicate, the way we attack certain problems or things that we want to to change procedurally or even execute procedurally, I, that doesn't change much. So, of course, the intensity knob is turned up when it comes to the IMSA WeatherTech Championship, but we knew that. We expected that, and again, you can't make that jump and make that change without having the right people behind you, and no pun intended, we're fortunate to be with Wright Motorsports for that. How much does it affect you guys, though, that Wright has two cars here this weekend? I mean, Bobby V, he's not on your pit stand. That's kind of weird. I'll tell you, it's such a pain to try to compete against that guy. Because <laughs> technically we are, but we're very fortunate that we have, obviously, you know, an unbelievable driver lineup in the 16, our sister car. So we're very grateful to be able to share information back and forth, and it's certainly a two-way street from that perspective. Uh, we've got great guys up on our box, right? Reed Allen, Charlie Bernard, they've been with us. Uh, well, Reed's new for this year, but Charlie was with us last year for for the uh, attack on the GS championship. But, um, yeah, Bob Bob knows a thing or two. I think if I keep talking, I'm going to blow up his head a little bit. Maybe that's my strategy here to try to get to him. But, uh, no, just, uh, you know, again, couldn't ask for a better group of guys working on these cars. Is it actual information sharing between the two cars? Are you guys looking at each other's data? I mean, is it effectively a six-car, a six-driver effort? It's open book. Totally open book. And, and I know there's a lot of organizations that take that approach and a lot that don't. I, you know, I think Johnny Wright does a phenomenal job in terms of coordinating everybody and making sure everybody keeps, you know, focused on the task at hand. But we're able to communicate um, with, you know, no ego involved and um, be able to have some constructive criticism going back and forth. And that's something that's super important. And um, again, just wouldn't have that anywhere else but here. And that's why Wright wins championships. So I'm hearing air jacks in the background, John. I think we're getting ready to go back to green here shortly. Thank you, Shit. Shit, Adam, down there in the pit lane. And as far as uh, the situation is concerned, I think she's read that one pretty well, to be honest. And looks to me as though we are not far away from going back to green, although the rain is still falling. Here at... Watkins Glen, 25 minutes still to go. Oh, yes, green flag. I think somebody might have jumped a little bit early there. the engines fire up and as they head out it may have been the Rick Ware racing Orica that went out a wee bit early so they'll get they'll get pinged for that just to drive through very wet now huge spray plumes rooster tails behind the the cars
listening in to the throttle of the Matthew Jaminet driven Porsche Penske Motorsport. Machine and it's very, very steady application. I think that's getting heavier, to be honest. Uh, 51 car and the 85 saw the Rickware Racing Machine uh, as well uh, as the number 85 JDC Miller Motorsports Duquesne. We'll have to come through for a drive-through. It's not going to hurt them here, cost them a lap, but clearly that isn't an issue. It would have been if it had been in a qualifying session or indeed a mistake in the race. Pit penalties here do cost you quite a bit of time because the front straight is long and it's fast. And you have to slow down, then pot it down the pit lane on the limiter. And then rejoin at turn one. Sheer Adam seeking a little bit of uh, I was going to say shared shelter was what I was looking for shared I bet the hood's up now shares it no 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 and I uh, I did not bring the Canada umbrella hat today it's uh, will be deployed tomorrow but I am out on the pit lane if the officials have to be out here so am I and the raincoat is on but the hood is still down so I have full visibility because with 57 cars and 21 foot pit boxes not taking any chances that's okay i'll deal with a bit of wet hair that's full wet now jeremy and yeah you can, you can actually see the lines as the cars go across the michelin tires the wet tires are so efficient they clear so much water that they leave lines one two three across the line there together big spray out on the far side of the circuit now this is this is where the drivers earn their corn, Jeremy, because you're feeling the steering, the throttle, the brakes, you're feeling the grip all the time. All the electronic systems in the world, they can help, but they're not going to take away the, the human aspect of, of being able to feel what's going on. Yeah, plus uh, against them, visibility is not good. Uh, a lot of spray out there at the moment. And yeah, as we get after that long break, as we get now cars on the track, they, they will dissipate more of the water. So it'll be, first of all, it'll be hanging in the air. Then it'll be, it'll be moving off the race line. So the, the track will pick up relatively a little bit more grip than it has right now. So conditions basically each lap around for these drivers over the next five, ten minutes at least, and particularly if it doesn't rain anymore, will be changing absolutely every single time they go around. So it, it really is a challenge out there now. And yeah, with so many cars out in the racetrack, we've seen most of them out there. There's only half, there's only half a dozen or so not out on the track at the moment, I think. And the cars that aren't out are either recovered to the garage because they've had a, a problem or yeah. they've decided to call it a day. Winwood among those who said, I'm not sure being out here right now is helping really? us. Interesting. Let's have a look at the times. They were all set in the 
dry earlier on. It is the number 60 Acura that leads the 133.5. Then it's the two Porsche Penske Motorsport 963s. Seven from six. Best of the Cadillacs is the 0-1. Sebastian Borti out in that at the moment. Then Pete Mordorani in the Wayland car. The number 31, the red and dark grey. Two BMWs are 24 and 25, and they are 6th and 7th. In LMP2, it's TDS from ERA from High Class, which is 11, 18, and 20. LMP3, Junior 3 racing from Riley from JDC. Till Bechtelsheim is pretty good in the wet, actually. I've seen him drive his classic cars in the wet, and he's got a good feel. So that's 30, 74, and 85. And in GTD and GTD Pro, it's two GTDs that head out. Paul Miller Racing's M4 GT3 BMW, number one car, and Kelly Moss with Riley's Porsche. Alan Metney out in that at the moment, the 91. The best of the pros is Daniel Serra in the Risi Competizione car. Yeah, it was Jackson Evans, who the uh, factory junior driver for Porsche, who set the time at second fastest time in GTD in the number 91 Kelly Moss Porsche uh, and uh, as you say it's, uh, it's Alan Metney now getting some weather, weather experience and Shay Adams spoke to him earlier on he said he's pretty happy in the rain so he's uh, getting his wish right now to get some track time in these very tricky conditions there's way way wide at turn one goes Tom Blomquist at the wheel number 60 car uh, left his uh, just carried too much speed into turn one just way wide on the exit over the Runoff area and lap times yeah, 154s. The leaders are doing it, which is pretty good in this in this condition. I would say 53 8 for Matthew Jaminet. He's the quickest of the GTP cars on that last lap. And believe it or not, Jeremy, despite the fact that the drivers can barely see a hand in front of their hand, mind a hand in front of their face, it's actually almost stopped raining again in the pit lane. So that is actually a bit of good news. With the trees around here, quite often the water vapour just hangs in the air. What you want actually is a little bit of wind just to clear it off. There's not much of that at the moment. Ah, respect to everybody who is out there right now. Traffic is bad. And by the way, respect to the spectators as well who are still out in the grandstands. The, the big grandstand at Turn 10 is a great place to watch because you can, you're up high, get right to the top of that, you can look over the back, onto the back straight and towards the uh, inner loop and look over the top down to the heel of the boot. There's still plenty of people in there, a few people down in the Turn 1 grandstands as well, and right in front of us. Umbrellas are the order of the day, in fairness. That seems pretty sensible. Still not cold. 20 Celsius is, what, 68 in the air. Track temperature, as you might imagine, with a bit of rainfall on it, has dropped a wee bit, but still 25 Celsius, 77 Fahrenheit. So that's holding up pretty well. Just one rain tyre available to our competitors this weekend the days of the old slick to and the 
intermediates are gone. So a really good lap last time around for Jules Gugnon in the WeatherTech uh, Mercedes, kind of a 79, did a 201. Um, maybe yeah, Jordan Taylor did a 202, but most of the uh, GT3, GTD cars are, are running in the sort of 204s and 5s. So that was a good lap by him. As I say that, Alex Riveras turns a 201.6 in the Aston Martin, kind of a 23. They had a good time at Le Mans, part of yeah, racing. Late, late. Taking over the Paul Dallalana AMR northeast, uh, northwest, sorry, uh, entry, and they'll be running that car for the rest of the season with a, a view, I'm sure, to a full-time entry at least one in the WEC next year. Now, spoke to Ian James and Alex Reberas at the Mont. They were kind enough to ask me across to their hospi at the, the big wheel on the far side of the track to do a little Q&A. Fear not, they said, we are not leaving IMSA. That is our home. This is an additional programme, not a replacement programme. So if you're a fan of Heart of Racing and Sure, Sarah Rigby will be listing in in crew in the northwest of England. Home of Bentley, the 2003 Le Mans winners. Well, fear not, Sarah, they are not leaving their spiritual home here in IMSA Racing. They, are, they will be running that uh, WEC programme should they get it next year. And that's a big if, actually for anybody who wants to be in the WEC and GT which is GT3 next year but that will be as I say an additional not a replacement programme to here in IMSA great set of people over 12 million dollars I think they were telling me at Le Mans has been raised for the paediatric cardiac unit at Seattle Hospital amazing yeah and they have such a good time doing it, even when they don't get the results. They didn't get the result they absolutely wanted at Le Mans, but it was good experience for them. And they did it properly. Brought a lot of the team over, Jeremy, from here um, as guests. Oh, really? really interesting wow. to see one or two of the, of the team that are, I didn't recognise them because they weren't in their weren't in their racetrack clothes. So hello to everybody that I met. And. They were having a good time on the other side of the fence. I thought it was quite funny, actually, that uh, um, thought it was quite funny, as I say, that uh, they eschewed the going to the driver parade because they wanted to walk down the pit lane on Friday afternoon, have a look at all the cars. Which is magnificent. Brilliant. Exactly good, as you'd expect. Another good lap again there for Jules Gugnon in that 79 car, 2 minutes 0.9. He's the first one in these conditions to get below 2 minutes 1, waiting for the first sub 2 minute lap in a GTD car in the remaining 11 minutes or so of this session. And into the 49s now at the front goes Tom Blomquist. It's the quickest lap we've had since the, uh, the removal of the red flag in number 60 
49.611 then for Tom Bloom. Chris the fastest time of the day was set by his teammate Colin Brown at 133.5, so 16 seconds now. The uh, How much slower they are in these conditions compared to in the dry. Shilkoon on been here before? I, yeah. I would think he had, but I'm, I'm then trying to work out when and with whom. Great to see him back in a top-level car. Rumbles by us. No, no actually, it hasn't. It's amazing, isn't it, when you see some of these drivers that we've talked about all over the world and then you get them to some of these classic American tracks and they haven't been here you know it, it, you'd have put money on Gunon being here down through the years in something yeah but then as I say you start thinking right what would the something have been no hang on no that they didn't come to race in IMSA no that programme didn't race in IMSA yeah or you know only been to Daytona uh, let's check in with Bedfordshire's finest. I'm not sure if Brittany is uh, still got the young Tandys up, but here is uh, Nick Tandy with Shea Adam. If they're listening, hello, Felix. Hello, Eva. I uh, hope to see you guys at the racetrack soon because the last time you showed up, it was a win at Long Beach for Dad Nick Tandy. Now, Nick, you come back after some time in France, and all of a sudden, everything's reset. You and Matthew are leading the championship, though, in GTP with the win under your belt. And, hey, it's raining. I mean, does life get much better than that for you? <laughs> we, don't, we don't always like it in the rain. Um, no, I mean, it is good to be back. Like we just said, it's, uh, we didn't have the best Le Mans, of course. But um, it goes like that sometimes. But, yeah, it's nice to have something to refocus on. And coming, you know, if we were languishing down in the championship, it would be a different story you know, we're coming here as leaders of the championship and I think we're second in the manufacturers. So, yeah, it's all to play for. So, yeah, it's good to come off a, a poor Le Mans with straight away coming back with a, with a positive and getting back into the swing of things. And, um, I mean, it looks like it could be an interesting weekend, doesn't it? So we're not sure whether, when it's going to be wet and when it's going to dry out. And it could be on, off, on, off, on, off throughout six hours of the race. So make it interesting, won't it? You've got experience of that in a prototype, though. Back when you raced the 919, you had a couple of races where it was red, dry, wet, dry. Do you think it'll be similar at all in the 963? I mean, the difference, obviously, here is the 919 was four-wheel drive. So, I mean, different to how LMH is now. We could actively employ four-wheel drive at any point we wanted. So, in the rain, it was a you know a very different different thing here. Uh, obviously, we're we're rear-wheel drive only. That's all LMDH. So, you know, there's there's certain things that cross over, but not a lot, to be honest. And you know, we didn't actually I didn't actually run the 919 in the rain much. And I think this is only I think I did like maybe an outlap at Daytona in a rain session in this car. So these this is my first laps in the rain on the, in this car. So. It's, uh, we're figuring it out, but uh, Mathieu did a stint in the rain at Le Mans, and he was he was flying there in the rain. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of leaning on him a bit for settings and stuff, which you, we talked about obviously before, and it seems to be running all right. If you look at the sort of wet pace, then 
looks all right, but we never know. Well, the cool thing is that... just gone off the track, but down, down a turn eight. It's the commentator's curse. It's co-driver's curse. Uh, we look at the tire allocations. Wet weather tires don't count against your dry weather allocations, although there is a maximum number of dry uh, wet tires that you're allowed over the course of the weekend. So that has to help strategy-wise. If, by some miracle, the race is dry, you're going to have more tires to play with, right? Yes, we will. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're limited on wet tires by what Michelin's brought for us. Um, but we have, you know, we have a lot. Yeah, they, they knew in advance the weather forecast and the tyres are in stock here. Michelin do a great job, um, always. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's odd actually because normally we go, we go racing and the new rules of GTP with the tyre allocation. Normally we go we're into a race and we don't we don't have enough tyres to do you know a double stint, let alone kind of three hours. And we seem to always be limited on tyres. Where here we kind of got a bigger allocation. I guess because we have the unknown of Watkins Glen is so hard on tyres. Um, you know, we're not sure how the tyre will react. And, of course, if, we, if, if the tyre is really stressed on, you know, high downforce, hot conditions here, it's proper stressful on the tyres. So we have a bit more allocation anyway for the slicks. Uh, but, yeah, a couple of wet stints in there, and we're free to do what the hell we like, aren't we? So. And you got a new compound with dry tyre too. So it, it really is a learning experience all around. Yes, exactly. So obviously, you know, I'm sure we're not the only ones, but we've done a lot of testing on this compound. Uh, we were actually here testing a few weeks back. Um, the temperature was a bit lower than we were expecting, but maybe similar to what it is this weekend. But, uh, yeah, same for everyone, I guess. Well, hey, when it's been the same for everyone, you guys found yourselves in the lead of the championship, so let's just keep that magic rolling, okay? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> We've, we've finished two races and we've had three podiums and lead the championship out of four races so it hasn't been going too badly on luck has it keep it going Nick thanks Nick Tandy Porsche Penske 963 and uh, it's, it's a good point that he makes actually for all that people are pointing at the the Porsche programme and saying well it's not really delivering and uh they're not setting the world alight and it's Porsche and it's Penske and shouldn't they be running away with it and I have to say maybe I've been guilty of, of expecting that as well but they're leading the championship here Jeremy they are leading the championship they are I mean yeah, the, the ultimate pace perhaps hasn't been there I mean the, that win at Long Beach was earned purely on strategy there certainly wasn't the fastest car there by any means but that uh, they, they had the strategic decision not to change tyres during that race, which was absolutely critical, uh, put him in, into position to, to to be out front, and then a really uh, fine ending stint there by uh, by Jaminet, who was able to hold off the pursuing pack behind him and bring it car home for the win. So it was it was well earned, but uh, yeah, and, and they've you know, they've got a win already under the belt. We only had four races for GTP. Uh, three different wins, three different manufacturers have scored the wins. Uh, it just uh, last time out, Cadillac scored its second win, but one win also for Porsche and Acura, and BMW have been knocking on the door. But yeah, I think with the with the way the rules are written, certainly it's no one's going to run run away with anything, whether you're Penske or, yeah. or whomever. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think their pace has been a little bit disappointed, but they feel fairly good, I believe, coming into this weekend at that Penske Porsche team. Thank you to Declan Brennan for keeping us up to date with what is going on at Gradient 
uh, they, I think, have decided. In fact, no, we have got the word now that uh, about five or ten minutes ago they decided not to come back out. Uh, not worth rushing the repair to get back out on a, a wet track is the word that came from them, which I think makes uh, sensible. It was a fuel rail issue causing a misfire on the gradient NSX. And, as, and the rest of the guys back in their garage. I think it's slightly strange, to be honest. If the, if the car's repaired, I'm surprised they wouldn't have sent it out there because we're going to have I, wet weather conditions on the weekend. I, but I don't think it is repaired. I think oh, they would have had a... There you go. That's the, 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 I think the point they were making, they would have had to rush the repair to get it out. Fine. And got it, got it, got it. rushing the repair and getting it out onto a wet track Thank you. Uh, probably wasn't the, uh, the best thought. Yeah as we are just a couple of minutes, two and a half minutes away. Thank you to everybody who has been with us today, particularly those of you at the track who are enduring a little bit of a damp end to the day. We kick things off pretty early on Super Saturday as we've had all the practice and qualifying today for the other series. We'll start actually with the WeatherTech cars back on the track at 8 o'clock local time. Won't need an alarm clock round here, will you, tomorrow? When all that lot fires up. So another 8 o'clock start this morning, uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, and that's, uh, we go through till 5.45. So another full day on Super Saturday. I particularly feel for the corner workers on that. Not much time to get breaks. And all of our race officials as well. Second races for the Mazdas, the Lamborghinis and the Porsches. Although we do it Mazda, Lamborghini and Porsche tomorrow rather than uh, Mazda, Porsche, Lamborghini as it was. We'll have qualifying for this series, the WeatherTech Championship. And we'll have that in sound and vision for you free here in the USA and across the world. No subscription required with the IMSA Radio commentary. And that is starts at 20 past 1, one twenty, Eastern. And then, of course, the Saturday main is the Sealands 120 at the Glen for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Two hours of racing starting at 3.45 in the afternoon. And uh, as we, we uh, go into now the final minute of this session, the rain has come down significantly harder again over the last uh, couple of three minutes. And uh, even the GTP cars now are struggling to get much below, well, high 150, high 150s, 156 last time around for Mazda Jaminet. So it's, uh, the rain's back again now. Number, another spin for number 42 NTE Sport Lamborghini pointing the wrong way curious of the entrance to turn 11 yeah they already hit something I think the uh, legality panel has been knocked off with 10 seconds to go we have a red flag and that will bring today and fast Friday to an end with the NTE SSR purple Lamborghini spinning on the exit of turn 10 into the entry for turn 11 has maybe got away with anything uh, too destructive now my question is actually is that part of that car is that part of somebody else's 
Fair comment. Uh, yeah, don't run over it, whoever it is. So who's in that 42, did we Luke, decide? Luke Berkeley is driving All right, the car at the moment. Like Luke. Reverse is what you need. Now let's see that. Oh, he's not, no, it is, it's his air intake from the front. He's knocked off the, the front luggage cover. And it's got the air intake in it. I thought That's it was normal. part of the bits behind the wheels. How do you manage that? Well, it takes a bit of skill, Jeremy, to be fair. Don't knock it. Yeah. Our was it not tightened down? Possibly. That begs the question. Possibly. So that brings to an end a day that has seen all of our series out on track at some time. We've had the first of the new era of GTPs out on the circuit. ERX Acura. Number 60 leads from the two Porsches, 7 and 6, from Cadillac 01 from Chip Ganassi and Cadillac 31 from Whalen Engineering, the Action Express car, then the two BMWs. And that's seven out of the prototypes. What happened to the other two, I hear you ask? The 10, Wintela Acura in 11th position uh, with three LMP2s ahead. Louis Delatraz. Uh, behind the wheel at that at the chequered flag and the number five Porsche 963 from JDC I can only imagine they were taking things very very carefully well Luke spun it on the uh, curb of the exit curb of turn 10 and looped it with a couple of balletic spins and tagged the unguarded arm cool which popped the luggage compartment cover huh. There you go. So there you go. Uh, in LMP2, it was the number 11 that was quickest. That is the uh, TDS Racing from Era from High Class. LMP3, Junior 3 from Riley from JDC Miller. And with the time set in the dry earlier on, the GT class was led by two GTD cars, Paul Miller's BMW and Kenny Moss with Riley's number 91 Porsche, the best of the pro cars, Racing Competizione, with their number 62. Thank you to Shea Adam, to Jeremy Shaw, and to all of the drivers and teams who've talked to us. Particular thanks to the hard-working camera operators here at the circuit, and, of course, to our team up in Charlotte and back in London. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Have a lovely evening. Drive sensibly and try and keep dry. On behalf of the whole IMSA Radio team and RSL, this is John Hindhoff signing off for Friday. Super Saturday starts at 8 in the morning. Have an early coffee. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.